I'm Elisa Mortensen, and this is Undo Redo. Let's take a look at all the things that happen in life that we would like to undo and have a chance to redo. Hey guys, how are you all doing? Like, really, how are you doing? <laughs> right as I'm asking you this, just kind of check in with yourself. What is your main emotion lately? Like in the last three days, what's your main emotion? And what is your biggest complaint? Hmm. Pause what you're doing just one quick second and take a deep breath in. And as you let this breath out, notice what is in your body. What do you feel it and where? Ready? Just kind of check in with yourself. What is the name of the emotion that you feel? What would you title this chapter of your life? Okay. Well, if you have a great idea uh, on a topic for this podcast for us to dive into, get in touch with me. I love it when you reach out because you tell me all the ways that you're taking your power back in your life's really tough situations. And I would like some of you to come on the podcast if you're brave enough to talk about the little nudges that you're getting in life and that you start to want to change and what happened when you followed the nudge or what stopped you in your head to not even follow the nudge. What were the obstacles that came up for you? And it's not going to land the first time you try, right? You feel the nudge. You might ignore it like I did for four years before you actually become a life coach. It's like the one time you went to the gym and you worked out and you left and your body just looked the same. It's kind of like that. You just have to keep going, keep practicing, have fun with it, make a plan, get with me and we'll make an episode together. Okay. Now I want you to know more about me. So here's my story about when I had no one. I listened to life coaching podcasts starting back in like 2018. And in 2019, I felt a very strong nudge towards getting certified as a coach myself. It would kind of felt like it was about me, like, oh, I should gain this experience of getting this knowledge and seeing what would happen. What, it, what would this knowledge give me? If I went and got certified, what would it look like for me? That was kind of the thought. And I thought it was silly and random, and I just let it pass by. I continued to have the same thought many times over. Fast forward to 2022 when I finally listened. And what is the most interesting thing about this whole story, looking back on it, is kind of how it lined up for me. I had set my focus of 2022 to a theme. At the beginning of the year, my New Year's resolutions, I am going to be still and know that he is God. It became my focus. And unlike any other previous year, 2019 was the year that really tested how much I could handle in my life, how much darkness could just be in my presence, right? So I wanted 2022 to be an intentional journey I thought, this is so great. I'm going to go on a quest for the whole year, and I'm going to enjoy the whole year of trying to find, be still, and know that I am God. I'm not in any hurry to arrive either. I was going to just enjoy this journey. So I started looking for ways to feel more peace in my life. I was going to pull every thread and go in every direction that kind of spoke to me or stood out for me. 
I had high anxiety, you guys, and I felt overwhelmed most days. I wasn't miserable though. I was okay. And I had gotten used to feeling this way. I had a great outlook having this anxiety. I mean, it has, it had been about three years. I love my family. We have so much fun together. And for the most part, I liked running my businesses and staying pretty busy. Otherwise, if anybody who, and everybody knows me, I don't sit still very well. I've always lived for having so much fun outdoors and I make sure that I get out often. I'm up early in the morning, staying near every day, studying, praying. I'm to religious classes every Tuesday morning for like 11 years, 12 years almost. I made sure I ate well for the most part. You know, nobody's 100%. I took care of my body, strength, flexibility. I uh, started dealing with a lot of intense body pain, and I was really working through finding what was going to work for me and what didn't. And from the outside, you'd see me. I wasn't failing in any way. My life is so good. And anyone could tell you how much I love my people. I love my people more than anything. I drop things to show up for others. If anybody needs me, I'm there. I cancel everything. My whole household, we love finding adventure. We love adrenaline. It is so fun. And I love that they love it. It's really chaotic here. It's kind of unorthodox. We have a kind of a, a backwards way of having fun and it's it's really outlandish, but it's so awesome. Okay. But somehow it was so upsetting for me when any of us did anything that was outside of this suggested standards, right? As, as members of our religion, we have these suggested standards and I found, but I, I didn't know this at the time, but I was really upset when anybody did anything like outside of that, even myself. Okay. It's not like I was sitting around judging everybody else for doing it. I had such a high anxiety around it. I remember one day specifically, it became very clear to me. I was just driving on my way to church for a leadership, that horrible emotion. I just took the whole thing inside the building with me. All right. The doubt, the fear, the shame, this, I mean, growing scrupulosity, if you want to call it or whatever it was, it just joined me in the meeting. So here's me in the meeting. Here's my thoughts. I don't measure up. Neither does my family. That drive here was horrible. Looking back, I'm just like sitting there being afraid. But of what? Like right now, my brain wants to be like, I remember that meeting. I remember I was scared. What was I scared of? That anxiety was horrible. And if church was causing it, why was I even there? Maybe it's because my family doesn't measure up. Maybe I don't measure up. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what? Being found out? It was all fake. It's just all like a front. As far as like me and my family, we're just all pretending like we're religious, but we're really not. My body was just in the meeting, <laughs> but my mind and heart weren't. They were having like, my mind and heart were having a tug of war this whole time. I really didn't even pay attention. Couldn't tell you what the meeting was about. I had experiences where at times I had friends and I felt safe about talking with them about certain situations, but I overshared and I lost those friends. It was just too deep, too much, too fast, too dark. That's what I figured. That's what I told myself because nobody can sit with me and comfort me in this. It's just too much. I feel judged. Their responses were mostly passive. No one really knew what to say, I guess. How would anybody know what to say? They don't have the life I have. And then I found that I reacted really poorly to people who judged me because it hurt. And then I lost more friends because of my own poor behavior. 
rumors had gone around that I was getting back about me and my husband, and this affected my kids and some of their friends because their parents wouldn't let them come over anymore. This was just a nightmare because it had happened before, years ago, in a slightly different way, like 10 years previous to this. I found myself complaining constantly, and my focus became like everyone else's poor behavior. Nobody else can sit with me on this. Nobody else goes through what I go through. I am so alone. Here's my little side note again. What are my thoughts? Can you hear my thoughts and everything that I'm thinking? And then the action and the behavior that follows this, these thoughts, right? I'm losing friends. I'm hurting people now. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. So I really did just feel like so alone. I was so ashamed. It didn't matter whether I was surrounded by people or I was trying to meet everyone's needs at home or I I was taking people meals. I just remember feeling alone. Like I was making a difference in other people's lives. I'm always the one who, you know, sits by the person in the back or talks to people that are shy, but I would just felt alone all the time. And when I was actually alone, which isn't very often, like, you know, four kids and jobs and businesses, I, but when I was actually alone, I was unable to self-medicate with over-caring for others. And when that was taken away from me, I would just cry. I had panic attacks on my kitchen floor. And during these panic attacks, I remember hearing things in my head like, if I could just do more, if I could just help more people and fix my kids' situations and my husband, then I could feel better. They all depend on me. They aren't taking care of themselves. It's all up to me. I have to do it all. I'm the only one still attending my religious meetings. I still feel horrible. I'm carrying the whole family. I'm sitting alone at church every week during this time. And that was reaffirming me being alone in it, being alone in religion, being alone in caring for everything that needed to be cared for. The most important things, like it gave my mind more evidence that I was alone, just sitting there in the congregation by myself. I was begging Heavenly Father to reach them, change them. You know, everybody that I worried about, every lesson that was taught, every talk that was given was meant for them to hear, except for they weren't there to hear it. So if they would just come and listen, If they'd just come to church and listen, it would change them. They would be happier. They would make better decisions. I remember like yelling this inside my head and my whole body would be so tense. And about this time, I realized my journey for peace, like going to church wasn't really helping me because I was making going to church about like them needing to hear it instead of me internalizing it. I kind of realized my journey for peace was like leading me into having a breakdown Because me finding my peace was me like controlling everyone else in order for me to have it. I was showing up in every way I could possible. How am I the most miserable person ever now? I pretty much thought I was doing the right thing. Like it's so Christ-like to care for everyone else, right? But I became like scatterbrained, drained of all my energy, spirit, and just life. I was ineffective with my very best efforts. And I was honestly on the cusp of giving up on it all. Or would I give up on it all? I was barely able like show up and worship, but I wanted to believe that his love and his blessings would come. 
I was still crying really often. I left bitter from church meetings because others in the church would get up and talk about how blessed they were for being together as a whole entire family in the temple of God or being blessed because all their kids served missions and all their, you know, and then the bishop would get up at the pulpit and be like, hey, I promise that if you do blank and blank and blank and blank, you'll have a forever family. Happiness and peace will be in your home. So go blank and blank and blank and blank. And I'm like, oh, I got it. Okay, that's done. That's the recipe. That's what I needed. So I go home, read scriptures every morning to the kids while they're eating breakfast, while they're growing up. Say my prayers. Do this, do that. You check all the boxes. Okay. Well, I even tried doing like a weekly lesson with the fa- as a family together, and I was not received very well. So now I'm thinking Bishop doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what it's like to do it all and no one else in their family joins them. So does that mean I'm the one that's not blessed? Because everybody else seems to be blessed when they do it all. And here I'm doing it all. I must not be blessed. Time to give up. This is where I give up right now is because there are no blessings for me when I'm the one doing it all. P.S. right here. This whole story is made of thoughts. Can you guys hear it? Okay. So anyways, there was no quitting for me. It's just not in my nature. Thank goodness. Showing up was still my strength. And I knew deep down inside my sign to God and to myself that I believed in it all and that it can all be sorted out somehow one day was me showing up. It didn't, that didn't mean I didn't take breaks. That didn't mean I didn't, um, still, you know, stay connected to heaven as, as I didn't attend some meetings and as the pandemic happened and it was just all on my own anyway, but I barely had anything left. So I just kind of held on to what I knew one day. And I remember the day I just submitted. I remember having the thought that, um, all right, fine. Heavenly father, I just, just do with me what you will. Body pain, sure. All of it. Bring it. Whatever. I just, I'm so done. So you tell me what I do next. And in my mind, when I submitted, like when I really decided to just like, I don't quit church necessarily. I just quit trying to do it all. I felt my whole body relax when my mind decided that. The only promise of quiet that I had was early in the mornings. So what I did is I made a plan. No one really needed me between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m. And I had a really deep desire to find peace still. Okay, that that part didn't go away. 2022 was half over. I kind of had a breakdown, like August, September time. And a way out of the chaos in my head was to maybe find some time where I could be alone with myself and think because I was going to try... I just knew I could find something in the morning alone with just me and connected to heaven because he knows more than I do and he surely has an answer. So once or twice, I remembered something that a counselor or like a professional coach had said that I learned that really kind of changed me. And I could parallel that truth with a scripture or teaching from the prophet that I had learned in like Institute. And then I would hold to it just for now, just for today. And then tomorrow, maybe I could find something else. And then the next day I would do it again. And I kept seeking truth. I kept reconnecting to heaven for finding my answers. 
truth and heaven. And my prayers became like more intense and more direct because I had specific questions. No one but my Heavenly Father and my brother Jesus Christ knew the depths of my torture I felt with my increasing body pain or you know, the sorrow that I felt and the crying that I did from seeing others around me and their choices. But I was pulling myself out of it one day at a time because it seemed to bother me less. So the more I did, the more I hurt, but the less I did and the more like the less I did for them and the more I turned to God, it was going away. So I realized I was much more and people had told me, I knew this, I'm much more with God's help than I am without his help, right? And I needed to be there for myself, to hear God and have him and invite him to sit with me in all that was happening. Not to make sense of it or change it, but just to to have him help me take a look at it and figure out why. I knew God was mindful of me and maybe just like little things that had happened in the past that would happen and then I would look back on, like, oh, they made sense now. So maybe these things that are going on now in my life that I don't understand will make sense later. And that felt true to me. And I invited heaven to sit with me, to guide me to answers to these things. And I was finding them one by one. And each time I found a truth, I would hold on to it. And I started heavenly journaling, if anybody wants to look that up. And that is where I found, I resolved to become a coach. And God was in the details. First. And I didn't know this, but I needed experiential understanding in the depths of sorrow and weeping and and sitting alone. I needed to find that standing in holy places to me meant that I was holy. My mind and my heart inside me. My home was not going to be a holy place for me as much as I wanted it to be. It became a place that sometimes I pull into the driveway and I had a lot of intense negative emotional pain come up. And so if, it, if in my mind and my heart, I could remain that being my holy place, he was teaching me what I needed to know just for me to get me through. And I took each little bit of faith and each little bit of knowledge right into more obedience to it. And that led me to more inspiration and then rinse and repeat. He then showed me truth offered through the coaching model that I was trained in, certified in. And I could easily parallel the coaching language to explain the use of the atonement in such a plain and simple way. My mind and heart embrace the perfect master musician and it rang true to my heart and looking back on all these seemingly like random dots they did in fact connect the gospel of jesus christ came into my life on a like thought to thought basis not like a sunday to sunday or easter to christmas and just worship on holidays but throughout all day every day whether I was alone or interacting with people at work or playing or whatever I did, all my thoughts became an opportunity for me to use my agency in a higher and holier way. And that resonated with me. My actions, my feelings, and my peace falls right in line with it all. That was my blessing. I believed. I found truth and I acted on it.
I gained the abilities to magnify my talents and I never knew it was possible until then. And belief in the truth started all of it. Just a simple belief that there was truth. And then I combined that with my willingness to at least show up. Now I have the knowledge, the certifications, the, you know, scripture study of, you know, decades and the personality to make fun of all life's crap as it's happening. I have the self-confidence to be able to keep anchored to God through the whole thing and trust that because he has made me who I am now, then who I can become is for me and him to decide together. And the truth is we always have someone. Our heavenly parents are always there. Let's not turn our backs and give up on them during the times that we lack understanding and we decide to doubt. Also, be there for yourself. You know yourself really well. You know what you need. Make sure you go get that. Go do that for yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to bring it to you. All right? Be there for you. Grab your heavenly parents' attention. Invite them to be with you and go do what is necessary to up your life. I love you all and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.